Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The score! This hour is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call 1-877-CARS with a K, the numeral four, kids. Mark Grody. Bears. Covering the Bears for 670 The Score. Hey, here's what's going on. So Excuse you guys me. could all stop. Mark Grody with Bernstein and Holmes. Ron, is there anything else that you think they need or could use? More Mark Grody. On the score. He's on Twitter at Mark Grody Sports. The Score Bears beat reporter and Bears radio sideline reporter is with us on the score hotline. Presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He comes to us from the scouting combine the NFL gathered in Indianapolis. Mark, what are we seeing? What are we hearing? What did you think of what Ryan Poles had to say? Yeah, we, we are gathered here. It is the, the box lunch hour mm. right now here at the Combine, feeding hundreds of greedy and needy media members. And I will dive into my, I believe, turkey and Swiss sandwich. A box after lunch? This they, hit. they can't cater an actual lunch? Well, they used to. They're, they're, that is one of the changes this year. They have downsized a little bit on the food. They used to have a buffet set up with fresh fruit and meats and cold cuts and, you know, fruits and vegetables and dips and chips and sauce. Now it's box lunch. So what's, what's so, in the box lunch? Wow. Um, I saw the the sandwich. My my, th- I believe it was a turkey and Swiss sandwich that I snagged, Lawrence. There is a single chocolate chip cookie. Okay, and there are some plain potato chips. I'm, so that, all right, that's that, all you need. That's all. That's all I need, man. I'm I'm very happy with the situation. <laughs> I'm very good with it. Um, as far <laughs> as far as my my reaction to to Ryan Poles today, things that I thought that he said that were interesting that I didn't necessarily expect us to learn about today. And right off the top of my list would be that, yeah, if they do move down, Ryan Poles seemed to indicate or certainly you know, not rule out the possibility that they would get this done in short order, as in they would do this before the first wave of free agency, which starts on March 15th. So I, I did find that interesting that he that he was kind of had that like, yeah, that would be ideal. I don't know if that is what is going to happen, but it seems like that is something that that he would want to do. You know, Justin Fields, obviously, another huge area of, you know, things that made me perk up. And you know, as as he and I asked the question about Justin Fields, and he said that nothing has changed in terms of 
Fields's status with the Bears that he would have to be Ryan Poles would have to be blown away by one of the prospects, one of the quarterback prospects, if they were to move on from him. Um, and and they said, and this is good, I think, and this is again another one of those things I didn't expect necessarily to hear from Ryan Poles guys, and that is that he says that he has been and will continue to communicate with Justin Fields throughout this entire process, um, and that he will let him know so that there are no surprises whatsoever. Now, what one thing I want you guys to hear is, just got done talking to Matt Eberflus a little, little while ago, and while I thought Ryan Poles was pretty similar to his comments earlier this season about Justin Fields and how he feels about him. Matt Eberflus was asked the question by an out-of-town reporter, because it was a funny question that got, got a good answer. Not really funny, but he was asked, are you ready to commit to Justin Fields for the season? And this was Flus's answer to that, guys. Are you ready to commit to Justin Fields? Yeah, like we said, we're just in the process of, of evaluation of everything right now. So, uh, you know, Justin had a really good year last year. We're excited where his progress is. And uh, just like everybody else, he, he's working to improve his game as we are as a football team. I played that cut, guys. I don't know what you guys think of it, but it just feels huh? like because Matt Eberflus is more guarded than Ryan Poles at this point. Is he's that not you guys just hear? like anybody else. I'm not. That's, that's just your damn quarterback. <laughs> just like anybody else? Come on. Yeah, I mean, I understand that they have to say certain things in the name of gamesmanship here with the draft. However, in in this case, like you could, you should, probably should have started with, yeah, we loved what we saw. Hopefully, he could pick up and continue to do what he was doing. But I don't know. Maybe it's just Fluce being Fluce and just being guarded about everything and not wanting to let things out. But just the fact that the first words out of his mouth when they say, hey, "Is he gonna? Is he your guy for next season? Is he ready to commit to him for the season?" And his first words are, "We're just in the process of evaluating everybody right now." So I, I thought that was kind of interesting that that maybe he's a little bit more because there's three big voices with this guy. You know, Ryan Poles has the biggest opinion. Ian Cunningham has an opinion on Justin Fields, and Matt Eberflus has an opinion on Justin Fields, and they may all be different opinions. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that they're different opinions. I do think that that the coaches, by by nature, when you're not an established coach, you're more cautious about the things you say because you don't want to mess up anything for the front office. That's what I thought was kind of surprising, to go back to your, your previous point, Groats, where... I thought that Ryan Poles was more open than I was expecting him to be when, when it came to discussing Justin Fields and, and people asking him about whether or not people have, have called about trading for Justin Fields and him being like, no, not really. That's not something that's come up. Yeah, I mean, he 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 did give a little bit. Say, so there's been some. I think his exact words were starter conversations in terms of those kinds of things. And the the question was kind of, unfortunately, it was conflated with, or he answered it as if he was answering for if they were going to move up in the draft. And then the question also was added in on Justin Fields, and you know his his answer in general to both of those. And I guess we can you know put that out there that that. They will, they will wait and see 
you know what what other teams decide to to do and it's you know very possible or very probable that field stays in place where he is but it is interesting to hear all of the different opinions one more cut guys that i wanted to play from from matt eberflus and that's that's specifically like it sounds like matt eberflus is really getting down into the into the weeds now about making sure that Justin Fields does things you know better next year and here's what he said to get on the on the right track yeah the some of the conversations that we've had and uh, we've talked about you know uh, obviously at the end of last year was really just to uh, you know take what the defense gives you I know that's coach talk but that's really what he needs to do he's He's obviously a tremendous athlete and can do a lot of different things, but you know, if we call a design run, sure, you can run it there, but you know, third down and situations like that, critical situations in the red zone, certainly do it there. But when it's first and second down early in the game, let's just take what the defense gives you and then move on. Sounds like Flus wants a little more control within the offense. Well, we'll see how much he has and how much he'll he'll take away from his offensive coordinator who's now yeah, been a head coach. It's just weird hearing it from Flus though, because it's it, unlike most NFL teams and most successful NFL teams, it's not his offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know he's the head coach. A, it's just different. Hey, maybe this is the the, the serious conversations that he's had with Luke Getzey. And I left Luke Getzey's name out when I mentioned those that have an opinion and that are evaluating Justin Fields, and in and it all counts. But but yeah, I mean, I think that that Matt Eberflus is making it clear that he wants things to be different next year. So, look, the combine's kind of interesting because if you want to, you can be all dripped out in team gear. But usually, the coaches and the GMs kind of dress as they are for this. It's a little different. Like, you can wear all the team gear. So, so now I got to know, was Flusi dressed down or was he all bears all the time? No, he was he was pretty dressed down, and that's a great point. Like he was wearing jeans. I don't think he was wearing Bears gear. I don't think he was. So no cap, um, no nothing. Like just just out no. there in a vest yeah. or something. Yeah, just he was wearing jeans. He I, I know like when he came up there, he just had hit a different look because he wasn't wearing like the the team polo. Pete Carroll was talking right next to him at the podium next door to him. There's Pete Carroll wearing a sick jean jacket with his collar popped. So he... he, he, he go to Chess King? <laughs> no, I mean, he, he actually had a good look for an older guy. Did he have I mean, like, I the, like, okay. like the red satin one-inch wide tie <laughs> with the piano keys on it? Was he talking uh, about Oingo Boingo? Is that... <laughs> Danny Elfman. <laughs> he did. He didn't. He 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 kind of like he got up because I was kind of eavesdropping on his thing, and he gets up there, and all these coaches and GMs, they all have an introductory statement where they just get up, say, "Oh, we're excited to be here," and boy, we can't wait for all this. And Pete Carroll just gets up there and goes, "Ah, guys, I don't have anything. So just go ahead, just start asking questions." So that that was the Pete Carroll attitude. Um, it was a Nick Casario. Well, I listened to him 
Of course, that's a big one. Right, yeah, that's one you should be listening to. Yeah, he. for people who don't know, that's the, the Houston Texans GM. And, man, can he ever talk in, in GM. I got nothing out of him um, in terms of anything with the quarterback or Justin Fields or, or anything. So, he, you know, tomorrow the Colts go, so it'll be interesting to hear what, what that organization has to say about if they're still gung-ho about doing whatever they have to do to move up in the draft to, to get the best quarterback. But, yeah, it's as I like to call it, it's just a, it's just a carnival. It's a carnival of football here with podiums set up. You got, you got radio row out here, so you walk in one room and then you just hear a bunch of people going, hey, everybody, come out in here and check it out. So the radio area gets really loud. Um, and then they got fun little exhibits set up all over the place. Wait, is it like and, like like uh, like a, like the sports animal is out there? Is it like NFL radio? Oh, oh no 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 no! Dude, so we there, there so we is. could theoretically be at the combine. Is that what you're saying? You could absolutely. The, there are there is room for you guys. You want to go next the year, Mercy Dan? And Holmes show. We get, we get tell Porth. Hey Porth, we want to go to the combine next Porth, year. Send them to Make the it combine. happen, and then we'll go yeah. get shrimp cocktail or something. And we can drive I, there. I'll, Right, we can totally I'll, drive there. I'll take it one step further, guys. It's it's Tuesday right now. I can we could probably get you guys in, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, even a Friday <laughs> show. Uh, I mean, just how anxious are you for the three hour and fifteen minute drive to Indianapolis? Because You're hopefully we might be able slow. to. <laughs> You're driving way too slow. If it takes you three fifteen to get to Indy. Well, actually, no, it didn't. I, I, Dan, I left at five o'clock this morning from Chicago. Oh my God! So, oh yeah, so I had the roads to myself. So I, it was, it was one. Of, it actually took me three hours. It was one of those days where you, you have the roads to yourself so much that every once in a while you do have to look at how fast you're going because you kind of forget. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, that's a that's a hundred that just showed up right there. That's probably not a not a good thing, even though there's nobody else on the roads right now. I love it. I love it. Who else are you interested in hearing from or talking to? Well, I mean, I, I obviously all the the top prospects, and it's cool that. The Bears are in a position, unlike last year, where I was figuring out who were the who were the best second round picks to talk to. Now I want to talk to to everybody, and the the obvious, you know, you know, Jalen Carter's. I want to talk to all of the all of the quarterbacks, all of the top defensive guys. So I mean, it's it, it it's going to be wide open tomorrow. There's no player speaking today, but like I said, you know, the Colts will go tomorrow, so I'll get a chance to talk to to them and the power that be with those guys but yeah man it's it's going to be there's going to be so many different players that I'm looking forward to talking to and they're all <laughs> they're all in the top you know top 20 but I, I'm sure I'll look for guys that are you know down the board a little bit as well but obviously with the Bears and where they are it is the marquee guys that are the most interesting all right so Chris Emma took a picture of Eberflus and okay. so I'll describe what Was I right? see. yeah well, I can't see if he has on jeans but it's a, a a collared polo that he's got going on, and a you know a, 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 I would say a, a metallic gray jacket. He's got the hair slicked back a little bit going on there. Yeah, and yep. and he looks like he's off to a PTA meeting. <laughs> 
he does look well rested. It's funny how you see a, a head coach deteriorate throughout a season, sort of like a president. I mean, just getting just with all the stuff that a head coach in the National Football League is responsible for. You you saw the wear down in Eberflus towards the end of the season, so it was good to see him pop up here refreshed and ready to go. And he, you know, it's <laughs> of course he was asked about how. Of course, how do you, how does he evaluate? these players in, in college and of course guys hits principle that, that that's how he evaluates these guys that, that's that, it's as simple as that yeah i saw his comment as something about how football has to be very important to you yes you know what? yes the, you know where i am with that i just be good at it if it's important enough on sundays and during the week that on those sundays you're an absolute ass kicker then I'm cool with how important it is to you if it's your job and you're really good at it. Well, he started with that too, Dan. Like, well, what's most important to these? That they want to play football, that they love football. Yeah, and then, it and isn't. We- it isn't for everybody, and that's that comes down to the number one thing: the love of football. So, they have to love the game. And how do they show that? It's what they show on tape. You know, we're going to evaluate the number first. You know, it doesn't matter if it's free agency or draft. We evaluate that. And the passion that they have, the competes that they have on the field is the most important thing. And then we got to figure out culturally, you know, does he fit, you know, as a person, as a teammate and all those things. But number one, he's got to have love for the game. Groats, have you ever had a moment with Matt Eberflus where he wasn't in coach speak? Great question. Um... Can you remember anything like it can even be like as an aside, like maybe you got to to, to the stadium early and he was out there and, hey, uh, Mark, did you have your coffee this morning? Like, is there anything that, that you can think of where Matt Eberflus wasn't in coach speak? Well, there was a moment this year. It, might have been, it had to have been one of the first or second games that he's ever coached in the NFL he came out on the field well before the game, hours before the game, when you know when I'm out there, and he was stopped by the security guards and not allowed to go out on the field because he didn't have his credential. So, so that sort of sent him spinning, and he was actually laughing about that. So that that was that was a moment of levity in you know an intense situation for him. But yeah, there's there's not a whole lot. I, I mean there. There was a charity event that I went to, the Bears charity event, where they have access to all the players and coaches. I, I saw him there a little bit, and he was a little bit more loose and relaxed and smiling and laughing. But for the most part, he he keeps it pr- pretty serious. <laughs> he doesn't really he, – he, he doesn't deviate a whole lot from, from the Eberflus script. All right. Well, Groats, we appreciate the time. We're looking forward to your updates all throughout the week, sir. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. That is Mark Grody. We'll turn our attention to baseball next. The Iowa Cubs play-by-play man Alex Cohen can give us some insight not into just some Cubs prospects, but how this pitch clock feels and what it's like to get adjusted to it because everybody in AAA already had to do that. So he's a, a pitch clock veteran. Tell us all about it next on The Score. Cubbies. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. They're to call an automatic ball on Beck. First one of the year. Let's get a round of applause for that. Just saw the clock ticking. 2-1. It's like a shot clock or the game clock in football. They waited an extra two seconds. And Tristan Beck has the first automatic ball of the year for the San Francisco Giants. You heard Alex Cohen calling a game on these very airwaves. He's on Twitter, at Voice of Cohen, the Iowa Cubs play-by-play man. Joins us on the Score Hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Alex, how are you? I'm great. How are you guys doing? We are doing really well. What was it like for you to to, to get a, a call up to to call for the big club on the score this weekend? It, it was a blast. And it wasn't just the call up. It was just the, the start of spring. It felt like the first day of school. And when the first day of school was at a ballpark and it's 72 degrees and you have 6,152 fans at Sloan Park, it's a pretty fun day. So just just got to enjoy baseball you know, for the first time in a couple months and to have a 72-degree day in February and be able to call baseball with the man, the myth, the legend, Ron Coomer, uh, it was really enjoyable. I had a blast. What advice would you give a baseball fan who is just going to start getting used to the pitch clock? How long is the adjustment period? How long does it take before it feels normal? So when experiencing it at the AAA level last year, uh, you had two weeks to adjust. So basically you self-taught yourself the patterns and the lessons, and they didn't make any penalizations or enforcements. And then for about 30 to 45 games, you could tell there was, uh, a little bit of adjustment, and whether that was the umpires trying to enforce it a little bit more to set a standard or the players adjusting, it was really about Memorial Day last year where everything felt smooth, and with the pitch clock, the only way you really felt the difference is if you look at the box score and it's a, 
a 5-2 game with four homers and four pitching changes, and you look at that last column of the box score, and it says two hours and 27 minutes instead of two hours and 57 minutes. So that's really the only difference you've got in the latter half of the summer. So I think patience would be the advice that I would give, and uh, just come at it with an open mind and I think you'll really enjoy the pitch clock. I think it's better for the game. I I do too. I think we're we're both in agreement that we like the pitch clock. I I am curious about the mechanism of sharing the information as a broadcaster. So what was your strategy on talking about pitch clock and what advice would you give to to big league announcers that are going to go through this? Well, less is more. And I, I think just with the pace of play, um, you're going to try to tell your stories and your stats. And you know, sometimes you'll, you'll look at the scoreboard and you're jumping into a 2-1 count without calling any of the action. I know that took me about a month to really adjust, but just less is more. Make sure you pay attention to the action. You look at the clock and um, you watch two things when the pitcher steps on that rubber and when the batter steps in the box. And once you deal with you know, those two parts of a sequence, you're on your way. So uh, I think just giving yourself some grace as well. Um, it, it's going to be an adjustment period. Just you're, you're used to three hour and six minute games. Then to then have an, an average of you know, two hours and 38 minutes, two hours and 40 minutes, it's a 26 minute difference. That's, that's big. So just figuring out how to put your contact, how to put your stories um, and, and do all your research and make sure that it's communicated in a quick manner. What was the evolution like when you talk to players about this, where, I, I imagine, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I imagine that there were players that grumbled about it at the beginning and then maybe towards the end of the season, they're like, you know what, it's not that bad and it was easy to adjust to. What was your experience like dealing with players when you were talking about this? At, at the AAA level, it's interesting because you would say half the players and the pitchers had big league experience and half don't. So the ones who didn't have big league experience, you know, they're much more able to adjust and deal with things on the fly. And when you deal with big leaguers, they're a little bit more meticulous about their preparation, whether that is pre-at-bat, pre-pitch, during the pitch, during the at-bat. So I think the guys with big league experience, it took a little bit more time. But when you're at the AAA level, I don't think any of these guys want to go through a three-hour, 16-minute game, three-hour, 46-minute game. I, I think that they want to get their work in. They want to make sure that they're getting their at-bats, they're throwing their pitches, and then you know do their best to, one, stay healthy, and two, get up to the big leagues. And I think the best way for them to be able to do that is concentrated time at-bats and concentrated time games. I know one of the guys you got to see last year is a Cub that's raised some eyebrows in Matt Mervis. He may be starting again in Iowa this year, depending on how the roster shakes out. That is, of course, after he leads Team Israel to to romp and stomp to the World Baseball Classic Championship, as we all know is is going to happen. That's right. But what what can you say about him as a prospect, an undrafted slugger who has torn up absolutely every level to this point? Yeah, I think with Matt. Um... It was an interesting case because obviously he signed in 2020 uh, when it was a five-round draft, and more than likely he would have been a top-ten-round pick anywhere falling between round seven and round ten. And he's a guy that hasn't necessarily focused on hitting uh, for his career. He was a two-way guy at Duke. If you talk to all the scouts that, that had him in college, there were all but two that scouted him as a hitter. Uh, the majority of them either scouted him as a two-way player 
or pitchers. So, so he's a guy, if you look at his college stats, if you look at his Cape stats, he didn't get many at-bats in college. So you sign in 2020, you don't have a full season. You, you go to 2021, it's your first real adjustment to professional baseball in an unorthodox offseason, and, and it was a lot of trial and error for him. Then you go in 2022 and you tear up any level. So you see Mervis, he's 6'4", 235 pounds, and they were talking a lot about it on the marquee broadcast. For a guy of his size, that swing is so calm. There's not a lot of movement, not a lot of fluctuation. So for a guy to be so compact with that size and that strength, um, I I, I think he's really got a shot. I mean, if you saw him the last month of the season, you got to a point where every time you saw a ball in the strike zone being thrown to him, you expected it to be hit 415 feet. So it, it's a really cool you know, thing to watch. And Matt being a Duke guy, very smart, very cerebral, coming at it with a chip on his shoulder. I mean, I think, I think he's a big leaguer. I think he's a guy who can hit 20 to 25 home runs a year up in the big leagues. And I think he's somebody who's getting better, not only each and every year, each and every month, but really each and every game and each and every at-bat. I mean, he's just smart and makes all those adjustments. He's a really impressive player. I know that there was a lot of heat when it came to Brennan Davis. And and there's been some heat loss, obviously, because of, of some of the, the injury stuff. You got a chance to see him up close. How good is he? So I got to see him in his first AAA game. It was you know early August of 2021. And he hit a home run in his first at-bat in Omaha. Then he hit a home run in his second at-bat in Omaha. Then he hit a home run in his next game in Omaha. So you are a year and a half removed from a guy who was named the Futures League MVP and homered in his first two AAA at-bats. I'm not. I'm not out on him. So I, I think that Brennan is a guy who um, he, he's a very confident player when things are going right, and he's somebody who, when things are going right, he could be a middle of the order player, and he's somebody in the outfield that he'll surprise you. I mean, there was a stretch last year where he had three outfield assists in five games. So he's got a good arm, and, and you've seen the bat play when healthy at a variety of different levels. So. Yeah, I, I think Brandon Davis is a big leaguer. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to get the ABs. He needs to feel comfortable. But uh, I think Brennan is in the right mindset right now and seeing him in spring training getting action, um, especially after last year where you know he has the back injury, he misses three months. Everybody expects him to miss the rest of the season. He comes back. He had a home run in his last game with the I-Cubs, goes to the fall league. He plays pretty well. Uh, then he gets some rest, and he's healthy during spring training. I think this is a good sign for him. I haven't seen a lot of Caleb Killian. I know his introduction to the big leagues was bumpy, to say the least. But when you're looking at a pitching staff that is prioritizing the missing of bats, there's clearly movement and there's clearly velocity that some other guys are lacking at this point. It's easy velocity, too. I mean, you look at the frame. He's a long, wiry righty, 6'4". The ball just jumps out of his arm. And, yeah, I know there were reports last week that, that Caleb was a little banged up at the end of the season. And, and you could tell he was stiff. But even with the stiffness in the lower half, I mean, he had a start up in St. Paul last year where they have a, a little bit of a juice radar gun at CHS Field. But he had 105 times, which was really 98 to 99. So to be able to have that velo while not being 100%, everything is just live. I mean, the curveball snaps. Fastball jumps out of his hand. The cutter bites. I mean, he just has pure stuff that you don't see. So if he can be healthy and things can click and the mechanics stay steady, uh, he's somebody who has 
top line of the rotation stuff. Now, there's a lot of guys who have top end of the rotation stuff and don't materialize for a number of different reasons, but the foundation is there for Killian. And, you know, I said last year he reminds me a lot of Jack Flaherty, just body type mm. release. And I, I think that, you know, obviously that, that's a lofty expectation for him, but, but the similarities are there for somebody who's seen him like me. As someone who's inside this organization, you get to see a ton of players, and you know what the, the what the major league club added. What's got you excited going into the season? I, I think just being there last weekend, it was just a vibe. I mean, obviously it's been four or five years since they've been really competitive, and the locker room has completely changed, but there's a common denominator between – Dansby Swanson, Eric Hosmer, uh, Trey Mancini, and the guys that they've signed. Not only have they played well, they've won. And not only have they won, they've won World Series. And to bring a World Series culture you know, from guys who've won in a bunch of different organizations and have different perspectives, that to me is a big deal. And once you can influence young guys like a Caleb Killian, like a Matt Murray, like a Brendan Davis, like a Pete Crow Armstrong, who I think is going to be a stud, uh, I think being able to mix the winning culture with those young players, I mean, it has all the makings of being a really nice Cubs team. Alex Cohen, this is fun. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We should talk to him again. I liked him. Yep. As the voice of the Iowa Cubs, Alex Cohen. Have you, been, have you seen in your travels, did you ever make it to an iCubs game? No. Neither have I. I wonder if that's something I should do. Minor league games are fun. Well, yeah, I've seen minor league games, but specifically, like, there's an ownership with Iowa. Like, it's interesting because obviously those fans are Cubs fans, but the, I, I feel like the vibe I get from people that are from there, that there's also, like, an ownership of the I-Cubs, sure, too. Sure, You, you know what uh, Jason made me promise to see at some point this summer once once school is out? I know we're going we're gonna to try to play a lot of golf but we had so much fun going to minor league games, just like walking up and saying, you know, what's your best seat? You're like, well, it's five rows behind the plate. How much? $13. Great. <laughs> right. And, I'll and, take 10 of them. And it's $2 Modelo's tonight. We're like, Ooh. well, I may never leave then because I think I think we're good. So he want, we were trying to see, like, what's the closest affiliated minor league team? Indianapolis, right? No. The Beloit Skycarp. Oh, yeah, that's right. Forgot about Beloit. And they've redone their stadium. I mean, I was there when I, I was, was there when I when I was doing games. They were still the Beloit Brewers, and then they they redid the stadium and became the Beloit Snappers. And I always thought that they had some of the best brats in the Midwest League because I was just an authority on. on and I thought Clinton, the Clinton Giants, that became the Lumber Kings. Excellent at that beautiful old it was a Riverview field. There, love doing games there. And then the Beloit's were really good. And now they've I, apparently they've they've re redone like a new. Now the park is brand new, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be fantastic. So I think we're going to try to do uh, a special trip this year. Well, with all the times that I went to Tuscaloosa, I would I would you fly into Birmingham, right? You fly into Birmingham and you drive the forty minutes to Tuscaloosa from Birmingham. I got to see, I think I went to four different Barons games. That park has got a lot of, like, you feel it. You know, like, like oh, Willie Mays played here. Frank Thomas played Same here. Same park? Yeah, Michael Jordan played here. Like, it's, there's a lot there, and you felt it. 
I've also gone to, I've been in New Orleans. I don't know if the Zephyrs still even play in New Orleans. I don't think I don't, so. They were like a the Triple Angels a. affiliate. Yeah. And I went and they they were doing Thirsty Thursdays. And it was like dollar beer in the middle of the summer in New Orleans. Like, come on. You can't beat that. We're going to be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania on Friday. And that's another great park. The Harrisburg Senators, who are an old Eastern League double A team. So maybe we'll find some time to at least swing by the the stadium, drop by, maybe see if we can, you know, poke our heads in there because that that's a that's a nice setup as well. Texter, I get that South Bend is is shorter, but it I I just feel like there's a difference between. I, I mean, I I kind of want to see what South Iowa Cubs stuff. South Bend isn't closer than Beloit though. For me, for, it's closer than. Iowa for me, yes, it's closer than Iowa, but it's not the closest affiliate. I mean, South Bend for me is probably closer than Beloit. I don't think so because I can well, jump right. Mi- I can jump minutes. right on the Skyway. I'm right at the Skyway. Okay, and I can. I can. I, I'm pretty sure I've made it to South Bend in in 75 minutes or something like that. So. I, it's probably shorter for me because there'll be less turns. Seven oh eight says, "In Kane County, still affiliated?" No, no, no. They got dropped. Yeah. Wait, New Orleans is is Miami's AAA? That can't be right, can it? Oh, that's great. All right, I'm with that. But yeah, I'll put it on the list of things to to do. I, I need. You know who we should. You know who we need to get on. We need to get Bob Kendrick on, especially because there's like a whole thing. Like he's inside of MLB The Show twenty three, so like there's a whole oh, really? like vignette with Bob Kendrick, and it's Bob Kendrick. But I'm planning this summer to go to Kansas City to to go to. I I'm hoping to maybe time it up with the White Sox being there, and and then go into the Negro Leagues Museum and seeing Bob in person because I haven't seen him in a couple of years. But I'll put it on the list of things to do this summer when it comes to baseball. We've been following a developing story. I don't know if it's, the story's real. I don't think so either, because TMZ has just just now published a rebuttal to the story, but we had sort of a, a weird thing that was percolating throughout the last half an hour of the show, and we, we know it's always time for the percolator. Always. Always <laughs> time for it. South side or west side version. Depending on, you know, how how froggy you were feeling. If you wanted to represent your side, and you, you know, I'm a South Side guy, so I was doing the South Side percolator. And you see some people out west and they're doing the West Side version of it. Is there is there a northwest side? No, Dan. No. No. Can I make it up? Sure. I can I can, I I, can I, I, can I, create it? I think that I know a lot of people in the house community that would love if you would make up the Northwest Side percolator. <laughs> North dance. Center Roscoe Village represent the percolator. <laughs> <laughs> There, I have my platform for the next mayoral election. Hi, I'm Dan Burstein. And the Northwest Side needs its own percolator dance. That's, that, that's it. And I'm going to provide it for you. And also, I like police and hate black people. <laughs> because that's apparently what everybody that's, has to say this year. That's what, that's, that's, it's unbelievable. I know. Hi, I'm Democratic candidate for mayor of Chicago. Do you hate unions as much as I do? Do you want armies of jackbooted thugs attacking unarmed brown people? Are then you also me. uncomfortable with black people and brown people speaking another language? Vote for me on February 28th. I'll ban all brown people from public transportation in this city. Faster than you can say Jack Robinson. And don't ask me about who's financing my campaign. 
Is, and, it, is it Republicans? I said, I, don't, don't, don't ask, ask me, me that. that. Don't, stop it. Is there a reason why you're following a bunch of fascist organizations on your personal Facebook page? I'm not no, in charge of it. It's an assistant of mine. It's your personal Facebook page. I, uh, uh, yes. Well. Smoke bomb. <laughs> different. <than Shmovid. laughs> you can't see me. I'm John Cena. Why is it that you've already been spending all this money on all these cops and we're not safer? Why will spending more money on more cops make us that much safer when it's already not working? Uh, I don't speak English anymore. I need to leave now. Sir, are you a Democrat? Uh, Yes. uh, I don't know. uh, Kind of. Today. As far as you know. Until I win, and then I'm not going to be that. Again. It's sad because it's true. Why do you have a Hitler mustache? I <laughs> oh, forget it. Uh, I, I I grew up really liking Michael Jordan in those Hanes commercials, and well, he had one, and so we have not on. There are two things that we have not spent enough time on. One, it was Jordan's Hitler stash phase. And and Tyra Banks being awful to black people on America's Next Top Model. It's just, if you see the clips, you're like, wow, we let her get away with that? Like, she said that. She she basically told one girl to stop being African. And it's like, huh? we just let that happen. We didn't say nothing because she fine. We was just <laughs> like, oh, well. And because Mike's Mike, he got to have the Hitler mustache. Yeah, that's the only. It was, Dan. It was in commercials. I know. He's, he's right there that with was, it. Was that the one with bacon neck? Yes. Yeah, the airplane. That's right, with the bacon neck T-shirt, and there's Jordan mm-hmm. with a Hitler sash, <laughs> and no one said a damn thing about it or to him. Right. And I'm just wondering, was there anyone? Was there anyone Somebody. in his friend group? Did Barkley? Was Barkley like MJ? What? What are you going for here? Are you? And I'm sure he's like, oh, Charlie Chaplin or whatever. But come on, man, that's <laughs> Charlie Chaplin. Like, I don't know. Maybe that he liked those movies. Who knows with with Jordan? Also, I know I'm late, Mike, and I'm really sorry. But I need to get this off my chest. And Dan, I feel like you might be with me on this. I was talking to a friend of mine about the Nike movie, right? And I have interviewed and met Sonny Vaccaro. Okay. And I'm looking at Matt Damon on the screen, and I'm going, mm-mm. I'm not interested in that movie. I'm interested in the movie, but but having, it, it, it looks- having talked with Sonny Vaccaro and seeing, and seeing Matt Damon playing it as, like, some non-Italian, like, it, he's... It's Sonny Vaccaro. Right! Yeah. I need... And if you've ever met him or seen any interviews with him, seeing Matt Damon play him generically, it rubs me the wrong way. Although I do like the hair choice that Ben Affleck made to be Phil Knight. But the whole thing looks like like Ford versus Ferrari shoe version. (laughs) Right? That's exactly what it is. I know. That's what it looks like. We're sorry. We have a story to tell you about that probably isn't true. It may or may not be real. Next on The Score. I don't know. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station.
All right, let's see it, Dan. What have you come up with? I, I, I have to think about these things. Now, that's south side? Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's west side. And which is the one where it gets super low? I mean, that you can just do that wherever. Okay. To anything. So you've got to figure out what you're going to put into it. And- mm-hmm. I'm going to need a, a focus group. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to work on a northwest side percolator. I'm sure people could help you with that. A lot of good. I, I a lot of when I was growing up and the song was hot. I knew a lot of kids from Lane Tech that there you go. had interpretations well, of what to do. Okay, when when the when the beat hit. Mm. This is Chicago right here. It honestly doesn't get more Chicago no, than this. If you know, you know. Did you see the video of when the DJ put this out at the auto show? Oh, and the, the, the place just yeah, fell out. That just that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Casual. Um, so Tom Brady is is a comedian now. Well, okay. There was a report that surfaced apparently from Radar Online that said Tom Brady decided that he was going to become a stand-up comedian. And you and I both look at each other like, eh. Mm, probably not. So TMZ snapped into action. Good. And TMZ says Tom Brady is not pursuing a full-blown second career in stand-up comedy. Said, But the recently retired NFL superstar might still be making people chuckle at his expense in the future. Sources with direct knowledge tell us recent reports of TB12 wanting to venture into the funny business are bogus. The seven-time Super Bowl champ is, however, in talks with Netflix... Right. To be the center of a roast special. Great. With a working title, The Greatest Roast of All Time. I, I love that idea. I, I like the idea of him producing stuff if that's what he wants to do. I don't know what kind of a roast target he's going to be. Oh, he's going to be a great roast target. You think? Oh, yeah. As long as he's cool with people really going for it. I mean, he's like there's, Jeff, Jeffrey Ross. There's and- the Giselle stuff. There's the TV 12 stuff. The Alex Guerrero stuff. There's the Bill Belichick. I mean, there's a lot there if you want, but there's him being old and staying too long. Like, there's a lot there as long as he allows for it. But he's apparently not going to be a stand-up comedian, which is probably good for all of us. Let's get some Cubs news. And whenever we talk Cubs, it's brought to you by Sloan. We love Sloan. They're the water provider for your Chicago Cubs. They're the official water efficiency, efficiency partner, partner of guy. the Chicago Cubs. See, when you try to freelance, it's bad. But Jordan Bastion is going to join us, and we're going to talk about Seiya Suzuki's injury and what happens next for the Cubs here on The Score. We're, we, 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 we prepare for that. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.